The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Not live from Kirksville, it's Wednesday night. I'm your host, Abby Richmond. And I'm Ethan Gable, and welcome to Two Millennials, One Podcast. Episode 20. Number 20. We did it, folks. Are you hyped, guys? Because I'm kind of excited. Per usual, please subscribe to the show. Check the show out. Send it to your friends. Send it to your grandma. Send it to whoever. Pass this along. I know it's summer. I know everyone's busy, but we work hard on this. We do have five stars. We do have five stars. And also, thank you for listening to us. If you are that listener that checks us out as soon as it drops, that's really cool. We appreciate that. Shout out to Jocelyn George and Robert Campbell. True that. As promised, we have been talking about for weeks that if we made it to a 20th episode, we would answer exclusively questions from our listeners. And boy, did we get a dandy list sent in. I'm actually really surprised that there were this many. As was I. They trinkled in over the last few weeks. We compiled a solid list, even to the point where we were able to cross them out for just being totally inappropriate, profane, or irrelevant. I feel like there's some weird questions still on here. Absolutely, but that'll make this fun. All right, the first question from a listener. This is an intriguing one. Is it an issue that millennials are having fewer children? Okay, so I was thinking about this, and... I think it's a good thing because our population was getting out of hand and the fact that we're not having as many children as a generation will help to like correct that, I guess. So I think that it's a good thing. I don't think that it's a problem. I would agree with what you just said for the most part. I think the only issue we are going to run into is this idea economically. There are a lot of baby boomers and if we can't have enough people to support Social Security and Mm. Medicare and Medicaid and those type of things, that's going to be a huge issue coming up as there are less and less babies born. That's less and less taxpayers. So we're going to hit a tipping point where that may not be sustainable. But for the most part, I'm all about reducing the human population. I'm not a big fan of humans. The less there are, the better. (laughs) So millennials keep not having kids. I support that message. That's very cynical. Yes. And selfish. But that's classic. Classic Gable. Indeed. All right. Are you ready? Yes, ma'am. Are there topics that are too dangerous to discuss on this podcast? That is a great question. Thank you for whoever submitted that. Yeah. Short answer, yes, there are topics that are too dangerous to discuss. And we push the envelope quite far. (laughs) We've talked about religion. We've talked about abortion. Mental health. Mental health, yeah. We talked about those things that people shouldn't or are discouraged to discuss. And yeah, that's caused some issues. We've definitely faced backlash. Yeah, that we've stepped on some toes inadvertently. We've made some people mad. I think the largest topic that I cannot get away with talking about at this point, what I would consider dangerous, is my job. I have to steer really clear about educational topics, about anything that could be perceived related to work, because every time I say something on that, or any of my co-hosts say anything about that, people get pissed. So that's a red line that I don't want to talk about. But abortion, sure, I'll speak about that. We already have. And we'll do it again. Just kidding. What about you, Abby? Is there anything that you're afraid to talk about on here? Uh, there are some things that I don't want to accidentally piss any of my peers off or like people that I'm close to, but I feel like, you know, on the spot, I usually am not thinking about that and then it happens and then I just hope that they don't hear it kind of thing. But I don't think there are any hard hitting topics that I would be afraid to do. Have any of your peers been mad at you for anything you've said thus far? 
Oh yeah, like a lot of people wanted to talk to me about the religion one because they disagreed or thought I was wrong or had complaints. So I've been called numerous different like liberal slang derogatory things after the politics episode. People have opinions about it, but that doesn't mean that I'm afraid to do it. I'll get nervous, but not too afraid that I won't do it. Kudos to you and just the show in general for being willing to talk about these things. I think it generates a positive discussion, even if they are things that Northeast Missouri doesn't want to hear. Breaking people's echo chamber. For sure. Next question. Abby, they want to know, what do you know that you wish you didn't? I wish that I didn't know how fast the world is declining in terms of a nature standpoint. I wish that I wasn't always thinking about how much waste I produce with plastics and things like that. And I wish I wasn't constantly thinking about I should get this kind of sunscreen instead of aerosol because aerosol is bad for the environment. So I wish that I just didn't know how big of a carbon footprint I was leaving. I concur with that a thousand percent. I hate thinking about that. Any stat that is released or study that's released about how hard we are on the environment, that's tough to stomach. I've had nights where it keeps me up in one of those like anxiety ridden thought tunnels I guess where you just keep thinking and keep thinking and I'm like wow I am the sole reason polar bears are dying and I feel bad. If I had to answer that question um, I guess anytime an adolescent specifically my student tells me something about their personal life or their ramblings around town I could Mm. do without that. Mm. Does it like alter the way you see your students? It can, and I try not to judge anybody, but there will be times where you're like, wow, that is a really good kid. And then they'll say something and you'll be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) maybe, maybe not, but whatever. I still will teach them and appreciate them just the same. But yeah, it can alter the opinion. I mean, that's true with anything. Bill Cosby, I thought he was dope. Turns out he was drugging people. I don't like Bill Cosby anymore. Or like when you have a crush on somebody and then your friend comes along and is like, they're like this, or they did this one time. You're like, wow. Sure. Or you have a crush on someone and then they like dump some trash out a window or something. It happens. You can ruin an impression of somebody. Or they say they're conservative and you're like, oh, yes, please. Wow. Okay. We'll get back to that later. (laughs) Next question. Since you travel a lot, if you were ever stranded, would you eat people meat? I laughed really hard when I read this question. I would like a qualifier on this. Is the person currently alive? (laughs) And I have to kill them and eat their people meat? Or is it just, here's some human flesh? I'm not telling you where it's from, but it's all we have. Hmm. I don't think I'd do it either way. If it was provided to me and I didn't have to kill the human, I would eat it. Frick, I don't know. I think that I would have to be in this situation to decide. Yeah, if you were truly starving, that's a different scenario, no doubt. In my current not starving scenario, I'd I'd eat it. I'm sure it tastes fine. (laughs) Doesn't the human body struggle digesting human flesh? I honestly have no idea about that. I've never looked into the human body's ability to digest other human flesh. Because like sharks have a hard time, so they don't actually like eating people. And I think that I saw somewhere that humans are the same way. Interesting. I don't know for sure. I'll look into that. I'm intrigued. Next question. Would you date someone with polar opposite moral, political, or religious views? Okay. (laughs) So I have a tendency to actually do all of those things unintentionally, but I have had a significant other that has had completely opposite 
religious beliefs as I do. And then I have also had significant others who completely are different on the political spectrum. And it's extremely difficult and it often makes me unhappy, but I do it anyways and I don't have an answer as to why. Is it like a pet project where you're trying to convert these people to the what you would call the right side of life? I think subconsciously, it's almost like they're the forbidden fruit because I shouldn't like them. And so like, I initially like them and then I figure out that this is why I was intrigued. And then I'm like, well, shoot, it's too late now. I would not. I've tried to date people that are super religious or I guess when I was younger, super liberal and now would be super conservative. And that doesn't work out. I find myself very aggravated and depressed and just like, (laughs) what is going on here? So once you start dating someone, at least personally, that was more aligned with my beliefs. It's so cool. Like at no point am I like, wow, you're an idiot. It's all just, yeah, we're right there. (laughs) I've definitely experienced that. Wow, I hate you situation. And so I just typically avoid those conversations. But when they're unavoidable, I just try to influence the person as much as I possibly can. How fulfilling of a relationship is it if you just have to avoid all those deep conversations or you get mad during them? It challenges me. Do you think you grow as a person in those situations? Yeah, patience is a virtue that I don't have. So maybe it's just like, here's this testing moment that you need to go through to learn to have more patience. And so I come out a better person. I accept that. That almost makes sense. I hope you don't find yourself in an unhappy marriage someday. (laughs) Thanks. No problem. Okay. Um, pineapple on pizza. No. Also no. Next question. Wait, would you eat tomatoes on pizza? Tomato sauce or like extra tomatoes? No, like a slice of tomato. Has it been baked with the pizza? Yes. Yes. I love that. Like a Johnny White with the circle slices of tomato on it. Yeah, I could get behind that. Pineapple though, I know some people dig that. That should not be put on pizza. The end. Next question. Kind of in line with the last question I asked you, how long do you think you need to date someone before you get married? I don't think there's a definitive answer for that one. I think that it depends on the relationship. It depends on like how committed both parties are and also like what the two have been through. If you're going off to war, I think that I would be more okay with you getting married. What if you've only known the person for like two weeks? No. No, I think that you should probably at least wait longer than a year. I'll concur with you on all accounts. There is not a set time for that. But if you're getting married to someone after only knowing them for under a year, that is insane. There is so much you learn about someone in year two and year three that you don't know in that first year. And I discourage anyone from doing it. I know you think they're it and you think that that is the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. But maybe in year one and a half, you realize, my God, this person only showers every three days and somehow I missed this. That's obviously a trivial example, but there are things that come up. I'm going through this right now. Like I'm two plus years into a relationship with somebody and I still am learning things about this person. Yeah, like my relationship that was long term, if I would have married that person after year one or even after year two and then would have tried to make that work, I would have been miserable. Year three came around and I was like, oh my gosh, you're the worst person I've ever met in my life. So glad that I didn't do that. And I think that especially younger age kids, 
I think that it's important to grow a little bit because you change so much graduating or like going through college, you become a different person. And so I think that that's an important thing to do before you say like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. Definitely. I think about that all the time. If I were to have gotten married before college or during college, the person I was then, if I married a person like that, right now I would be so unhappy. I've changed so much as a person. And if I settled down with that other person and they weren't willing to grow or able to grow with me during that, I would be divorced. There's just no way I could make that work. So I'm so stoked that I'm hella old yet unmarried because I think I made a very good decision. And if this was a question from a listener that was pondering this, definitely weighed it out. How do you feel about marriage in general? This isn't a question on the on the sheet, but an interesting question. I think it's archaic. Yeah, millennials nowadays aren't really getting married anymore. I agree it's a nice commitment to someone, but I can have that commitment outside of the law. If I want to be with someone forever, I trust myself to do that. I don't need to legally bind myself. Also with that, if you get married, now it's a huge expense to get a divorce if that is to happen. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. that happens a lot. So if you don't get married, you just break up and move on. It's not a big deal. The only only benefit besides like the romanticism of a marriage is the tax benefits of joining two people. I still believe in the classic fairy tale marriage kind of thing. Okay, okay. Would you have a ceremony? We've talked about this. If I am to marry my current significant other, we would not have a ceremony. We're both non-religious. We don't want to fake it. Like some non-religious people just have it in a church for tradition. That makes my bones cringe. I would never do that. Uh, So what we're going to do instead is we're going to go into the courthouse. We're going to sign the document and then we're just going to have a party. Would she wear a dress and you'd wear a nice tux? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because that's the part of getting married that I would really not want to skip. I can see how people don't want to legally bind themselves. Like, I definitely get that, especially because more people are feeling comfortable getting divorces and not staying in unhealthy relationships. So I think that I would really want to partake in the festivities of getting married. I can respect that. I mean, it's a cool thing. I don't get spending 20 grand on it, but tradition. Our parents did it. Their parents did it. Okay. If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Nut juice. But it's not liquid. That's okay. Not all juices are liquid. That's a lie. Email us if you have a different opinion. If you can find a juice, listeners, that is not a liquid, please. And isn't frozen. And isn't frozen, please dig me out of this hole. Okay, I thought about it being called peanut oil because coconut oil is a solid because there is such thing already as peanut oil and it's the same consistency as canola oil, which I don't understand why they call it that because it's not like a canola seed or anything. Let me know why it's called canola oil as well. So I don't know what I would call it. How about peanut spread? Okay, I could get on that. All right, question answered. Next question. Ooh, this is a deep one. What is your biggest fear, Abby Richmond? Not succeeding, dying alone, accidentally killing someone. I'm not ready for that one in case that ever happens. Let's circle back to dying alone. What would be so bad about that? Not as in like dying by myself, no one's around me. That's not what I mean. But like dying and not having anyone left to care about me or anyone around me to miss me. Knowing that I wasn't a part of someone's life would hurt. Sad. That does sound really sad. It does. My biggest fear, I don't know what my biggest fear is, probably drowning, I suppose. (laughs) I think that would be a heck of a way to go. I've heard that it's peaceful. I've heard that it's not. I don't know. Is drowning and being buried alive kind of the same situation? 
because I could not handle being buried alive. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's no. claustrophobic. I'm not even claustrophobic, but that would be bad. Knowing that you're encased by six feet of dirt in a box underground and it's dark. Hmm. I would have a panic attack and die from that instead of dying from suffocation. Did you see that Ryan Reynolds movie called Buried where it takes place in a box because he's buried alive? The whole movie he's in this box. No, I couldn't handle that. There's an episode of Criminal Minds where this killer like kills people from their biggest fear. And one of them was being buried alive. And the woman wasn't even in a box. She was just like in this hole. And he was just shoveling in dirt. And the camera angle was like you were the woman. I had to change the channel. Yeah, that's a good one. I may place that above drowning. That would not be a fun way to go. Does your major slash grades matter in college? I can't answer this because I haven't been in college yet. I guess this one was for me. Major, for the most part, does not matter in college. If you are a well enough rounded individual with proper communication skills and a work ethic, if you possess a college degree, you can pretty much go do whatever you want within reason. If you have a English degree and you want to be a NASA scientist, probably not going to happen, but you can take that English degree and find something to do with it. Grades, on the other hand, yes, C's do get degrees and sometimes D's get degrees, but if you would like to go on to grad school, if you would like to get into some post-secondary program, they are going to look at your grades, so I would say those are more important. I would not mess around with grades, but if you have a major that you may not necessarily be passionate about, but you're close to finishing it, finish it. Get that college degree, that's what you need, and keep your grades up. Wow, that was really inspirational. I think that I might do grad school. I think I might go get a law degree after college. I think that I'll do like psych pre-law. That's really dope, dude. Yeah, which is a complete change. I used to want to be biology pre-med. Now it's psych pre-law. Yeah, and unfortunately that'll probably change again several times before you're all done. But that would be cool if you went law. I like to debate, so that would be interesting. Next question. If you became president, what would you change? I think this is a flawed question. Presidents don't have the unilateral power to change a whole lot of things. But let's say you can. What would it be? I would reinstate all of the environmental protection. Wait, can I reinstate and do something else or do I only get one change? Let's say you get one. Oh my gosh, that's a hard decision. I would make it a law to ELE. Everyone love everyone. How would you enforce said law? I like the idea, but how would that be enforced? Doesn't ask that. All right. If I were president... And I could change one thing. I would abolish the Electoral College. Oh, that's a good one. That is insane that that still exists. There's no reason for it. And I could dedicate a whole episode to how sucky that is. Toilet paper, over or under? Toilet paper, by decree, must be placed over. Yes! I was so afraid that you are going to say under and I was going to be upset. The love of my life is a true underbeliever. No. Okay, but then it's up against the wall. I and know. It's- It is designed to come over, and uh, multiple times a month, I'll have to go into the bathroom and flip it around. Do you actually? Yes. I just roll with it. I can't. All right, next question. Abby, what kind of cult would you like to start? I don't know the answer to this. I don't feel like I'm passionate enough about anything to start a cult. Yeah, I don't know either. All the interesting cults usually end up killing themselves or killing a bunch of people, and I don't know if I could get on board with any of that. Not about that, yeah. The closest I would get to a cult is probably more of a commune where we just stop interacting with people and we throw our phones in the ocean and go live in a a hut somewhere. Not really a cult. It's more of a commune, but that's about as close as I'm going to get to a cult-like situation. Would you be self-sufficient? We would try. Would you raise cattle? Uh, yes. Can you see me raising a cow? (laughs) 
No. Maybe you should produce other smaller meat because cows put off methane. That's true. Maybe like a rabbit farm. I don't think I could handle that one either. With chickens, you have to break their necks, and I personally would not do that. Could you defeather the chicken after it was killed? No. Could you fillet the no. chicken? No. So basically, someone's going to have to prepare your food for yes. you in this cold I'm starting. Yes. I also wouldn't be able to eat fish. Like a total 100% I will not eat fish situation? Yes. Really? Yeah. No tuna? No, no. salmon? No. No. Why? I don't like it. The texture is just like, it's flaky. Meat shouldn't be flaky. I feel like you're missing out. I no. hope you grow as a person and you enjoy fish. You stick it in your mouth and it falls apart. It's yeah, it disgusting. melts in your mouth. <clears throat> That's so gross. Okay, I'll eat fish sticks and I'll eat crab when it's in crab rangoon. So you'll eat fake fish is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Have you ever had sushi? Yes, and I spit it out immediately. I had the sushi that's basically like a crab rangoon wrapped in seaweed and rice, and I still thought it was disgusting. You'll grow. Someday you'll like fish. <laughs> what would be the worst thing that the government could make illegal? The worst thing that I think the government could make illegal would probably be cell phones. If they outlawed cell phones and how dependent we are on that, I'm sure there are other things that would be just terribly awful, but if you made humanity unable to communicate since we've ditched our home phone and we don't know how to like send smoke signals anymore, I feel like that would cause a global catastrophe. There are better answers, but that's what I'm rolling with. What about you? Trash removal would be rough. So they make it illegal for companies to come around and collect your trash? Yes. Yeah, we'd go back to 15th century England and the bubonic plague would break back out. That'd be disgusting. Yeah. People are gross. You know how babysitters get paid without having... Yeah, no taxes, that type of thing. Right. If they made that kind of monetary system illegal, I feel like that would not be a good thing. People get Venmoed for stuff all the time. And if payments like that became illegal, it would be a lot harder to do things. Or just the amount of illegal activity would increase substantially. Yeah. You pay a kid 20 bucks to mow your lawn and the government says you can't do that anymore. Someone's going to come mow your lawn for 20 bucks still. You're just now committing a crime. Yeah. Seems like a really bad idea. That's a good one. I like that. Thanks. Are you ready for the last listener question that we deemed appropriate enough to ask on this podcast? I have to like rein it in. Don't rein it in. Try not to get so aggravated that I'm yelling. I want you to yell. Let's hear your true feelings. Here's the last question. What are your feelings on the television show 13 Reasons Why? Frick this show entirely. So I read the book when I was in middle school and this was before I was struggling terribly with my mental health. And so I just thought that it was like a very hard book to read to listen to someone whose thoughts were that suicidal and no one was helping her. It was very hard to handle. And so then I read it again when I got into my freshman year and it was even worse. The book is very triggering itself and the TV show is a million times worse. I didn't expect it to be this bad. Everyone was hyping it up and so I started watching 13 Reasons Why and y'all I got in a deep depression because this show is so terrible. It romanticizes suicide. Two people attempt suicide and one of them succeeds and it shows it very graphically. She slits her wrists on the screen and you see her going through these last moments of her death and people continuously call her all of the names that she was getting called in high school and like I went through some of the same things that this girl went through and so it's hard to see that this is a real thing and I could have not survived and people that I know didn't make it through um, because people are so terrible and so this show it brings to light what could happen but it doesn't do anything to stop it like there isn't any redeeming qualities about it it's just here's what happens and people are bad and sometimes the justice system doesn't even do its job and families break apart and 
there isn't any silver linings in the show and there isn't anything to make it better. And so I hate the show with an absolute passion. I appreciate your honesty about that show. I did not know that that bugged you so much, but I could see it. I never read the book, but I watched the show because all my students were watching and I try to stay somewhat involved in the culture. And I'd agree that show has the ability to trigger watching her kill herself in the bathtub. I am very jaded and hardened and I don't care about literally anything, but that sucked. I did not like watching that, especially after having dealt with my students. I've had several students kill themselves, and then seeing that again, or just more of that, that wasn't great. And then hearing it mocked and made fun of at school, belittled and demeaned and that type of thing, that's a bummer. I understand where the show's coming from, but I think it missed its mark, and it kind of made it a mockery of something that's very real. Like, you're right, that does happen all of the time. Having to watch Hannah's parents come in and knowing that I know parents that had to deal with that, that's terrible. And it's making me want to cry now just thinking about the hurt and the pain that parents and that siblings and that whole communities have to go through. And it's taken so lightly in the show. And her peers do make fun of it. And her counselors don't do a whole lot to stop anything. That's so real. Students at our school do that. And it's rough. To just bring that to the screen is hard to handle because I don't think that it's something that needs to be displayed as something to mirror. I don't think that any attitude or personality on the show is something that needs to be mocked in any way. I think that the short, like, if you need help, here are some resources to go to on the website at the end of every episode. That's not going to do anything. You just showed people, here's how to be a bully. Do you think there was any benefit at all of showing that for maybe some student or some adult that aren't in that world or aren't aware of that this goes on? Do you think it brought any attention to that? Do you think it was able to connect with people and explain what this is like? Or do you think it was just a disservice overall? I think that for people that haven't experienced anything like this, they don't understand that it's so real because it's a TV show. And a lot of people think that like TV shows just are kind of scripted and they aren't accurate very often. But the reality of the way high school students were acting and the way Hannah was feeling is so incredibly real. I don't think people understand that haven't been around stuff like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) we have answered a litany a cornucopia of questions from you. A plethora, if a, you will. Another great word. I hope you are satisfied, and I hope your quandaries have been addressed through this podcast. If you have any other questions that come up over the course of time that you would like answered by this crew of people, feel free to send those in. Uh, we'd like to hear from you, and we like to answer your questions. So in another 20 weeks, if this podcast exists, <laughs> we'll do this again. Abby, song pick of the week. Alright, so I've been listening to my Sunny Hammock Jam CD, and so I'm going to go with Ordinary Day by The Districts. It's a very sunshine song. What about you? I think I will go with something a little more emo coming off that last question there. I'm going to have a song pick of the week from Mayday Parade. Yes. And I will offer up the song Black Cat. I knew you were going to do that. Why not? Yes. Why not? Black Cat, great jam by Mayday Parade. Check it out. That's a classic. Love that jam. All right, folks, thanks for listening and checking us out again on this 20th week of Two Millennials One Podcast. As always, keep listening, keep sharing with your friends. We'll be back next week. Peace out.